as is always the case, the sponsor for our show is the Cosmos. For the provisions of all of the space and time, energy, and matter required to make this podcast. As is also always the case, our other sponsor is your local no-kill shelter. Please donate your time, energy, money, or home in the form of adoption to your local no-kill shelter. Thank you. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Disrupted with a comma and an uppercase D. Uh, I may end up calling this Daily Lineup League Domination, DLLD or DLSD. Uh, the, I may end up calling this show that. Of vital importance um, for my zero viewers. Um, it's not, but it is for me. Uh, and uh, because that's really kind of what I specialize in. Head-to-head category, daily lineup, um, league, um, you know, uh, tricks of the trade, whatever. I taking advantage uh, of all the uh, inefficiencies. Um, all right, so check this out. Uh, we're going to talk today about instead about what I do at mid-season, which is kind of self-evaluate. I don't sit back and relax. Um, I go over. A number of things to determine what I need to do to go forward. And the reason I can do it more in depth now is I, you know, you have eight to 12 teams. I think I have seven or eight teams or six teams this year, cut down a little bit. But you just can't do this constantly. I, if You can if you want to, but I, I've been doing it less and less as the years go on. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, really doing a deep dive into each one of my teams. Um, but I, I did a video of this on YouTube. Um, it talks about, it's called, I think, Yahoo Fantasy Baseball Mid-Season Self-Scout or Self-Evaluation. Um, it's on the Good Egg Greg channel. So just go Good Egg Greg. But, um, so, I, I go over my draft and I see what I, what I did in my draft, and uh, I see where the problem is. Um, okay, I go over my draft, and I, I see how many guys I still have. I still have a lot of my pitchers because I drafted, you know, six, seven pitchers in the first, you know, eight or nine rounds, uh, sometimes in the first six or seven rounds. And uh, a lot of my hitters I don't have anymore. That's to be expected. I didn't draft any early. How often do you really keep your 10th, 11th, 12th round pick? Um, it, it's definitely not 70 or 80 percent uh, of the time. Uh, for me, it's it's less than 50. Maybe I don't draft well beyond the first uh, eight or so rounds. Um, but and then I go and I, I check my head-to-head um, record in the past several weeks. I do it for all 14 weeks, but I just do it. I, I work backwards, so I go to week 14. And uh, I go, okay, I went uh, four and one in offense. I always just go to offense first. I don't get too much into, unless I have a totally imbalanced team, and you'll notice that by doing this. Unless you have that, though, I I don't go too much into uh, one stolen base this much, et cetera. Um, I just do offense. I say four to one, I won offense. Okay, then I won uh, week 13, I I lost two to three. Okay, so I'm three uh, three and seven, or... 
if I won four to one, you know, whatever, I'm uh, six and four. And I go back and I go back. And usually I have the same roster for the past four or five weeks with one or two changes on offense. Um, since my offense isn't as good, I probably have more changes there. Um, and so, but I, I get an aggregate of, okay, the last five weeks, you know, I'm uh, 10 and 15. That's not good enough. But let's say the last five weeks, I'm 13 and 12. That's good enough because uh, even if I'm a little bit under 500, because that's all I need to be um, to have uh, a playoff type record because um, hopefully I've drafted uh, pitching so heavily that I have a huge lead. And then I go back and I, I do the all, all 14 weeks and I see what my record is. Um, I especially uh, pay attention to what my last five is, though. Last five weeks, what my record is, and what my first five to see how I drafted. So one thing I noticed this year, very easily, um, and I usually draft the same guys. You know, about my teams are about 74%. You know, the same. A lot of Venn diagram there. And uh, I noticed uh, this doesn't really apply to you, or it can, but I noticed myself. I picked Jesse Winker, Max Muncy, um, Christian Yelich, uh, and Cody Bellinger a lot in a lot of my teams. Okay, there isn't one team where I didn't have two of those guys, um, and they were going late. They were going round, uh, you know, eight, nine, ten, um, and I just thought those were absolute steals. And we're talking round eight. The last pick is is uh, ninety six. You know, for Christian Yelich, uh, I think maybe one time I, I reached for him at seven um, because he was going in the 70s and um, in, in a couple of drafts where I didn't get him. And those were misses for various reasons. Now, listen, my plan, I need to have a 50-50 offense, like a 500 offense. So I can't just get good value for the ninth round. Right now, it's Cody Bellinger, <clears throat> Christian Yelich, good value, excuse me, for the eighth and ninth round. Yeah, sure, if they're your, your, they're your sixth and seventh, you know, best hitter, um, whatchamacallit, gets a ton of runs um, because he bats leadoff now, um, Christian Yelich. They, they both, you know, combine for like 25 stolen bases, so you might get 20 out of each of them for the year or around there. Um, but, you know, Yelich has got no home runs. He's basically a subprime D. Gordon uh, in, in, in the last two months. I mean, he really is. Uh, and so, you know, I missed on that. Um, but that's part of my strategy is to have not lottery tickets, but high upside plays. And, and clearly Bellinger, you don't think of Christian Yelich as having high upside, but, but he, he does based on where he's drafted and, and where he used to be drafted. He used to be drafted top five uh, 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 picks, and now he's drafted in the 80s. Um, but I held on to them, I think, probably too long, uh, both of them. And I'm holding on to them now too long. I, I just, they're tough. They're tough because Bellinger's not injured. He could just figure it out. You know, it, it wasn't 2019, wasn't his only you know, great season with the, with the ball as bouncy as ever. Um, I, I believe in the 2020 season, he, he had a good year. No, or did it, was he terrible in 2020, but they're, they're good players aside from 2019. Now the ball may not be, uh, maybe more juiced than 
it ever was up until 2015. But anyway, they're hard. And uh, Christian Yelich, I would say the lesson there, and Max Muncie, I, I've dropped him. I would say the lessons there are anybody in the, you know, at 30 or older with an injury history, um, take a chance on, but then cut them loose, you know, take a chance on them at a deep discount, but then cut them loose. Um, who else? Jesse Winker. I've held Jesse Winker. There's nothing wrong with him. I, he's just getting used to new pitchers, and now he's mashing. So um, I shouldn't have been starting him, but he's a good pick for next year. So is Javi Baez. New pitchers, and they're adjusting. All right, so you go back and you figure out your record. Um, and you say, okay, I, I was 29 in my league where I'm second place, my highest league, $250 league. And I've, I've made a profit in the last every year in the last five years. So, And I've had six or seven money leagues. Not a lot. Some are 20, some are 100, some are 250, 250 bucks, $100, you know. Um, uh, I usually spend around six, seven, eight hundred bucks um, on about six or seven, eight, uh, used to be more leagues. And I've made a profit every year, so, you know, the last five years. So, you know, I, I got it down all on Yahoo and uh, all redraft leagues. And um, the $250 league I pay more attention to because it's 250 bucks, so that makes sense. It's at the top of my uh, list when I um, sign in on Yahoo or on the app. And in that league, I'm in second place. I believe I am 71 and 52, so a good 19 games above 500. And I figured out I was 29 and 34 in offense. And that's totally fine. Totally, totally fine. Um, because that gives me, what was it, a 42. So for pitching, I was 42 and 18. And I didn't draft any uh, closers, really. I, dra- no, I didn't. You know, so 42 and 18, that's friggin' elite. Um, that, that more than accounts for um, the uh, number of games above 500 that I am, meaning um, uh, if I were 500 in pitching, uh, you know, which I definitely shouldn't be, but if I were, I'd be below 500. So that 42 and 18 really brings me to uh, up to 500 and then, and then 19 games beyond that. Um, and it makes sense. I, I drafted Gosman, Julio Urias, Carlos Rodon. I picked up Kyle Wright early. Um, you Darvish and Corbin Burns, I, th- I think, are my guys. Um, I just drafted uh, uh, six of my seven first draft picks were were pitchers, and then I had Kyle Wright, and so I ended up with studs. And um, I know I talk about in a different podcast a totally different strategy, but that's really the best strategy. You can't go wrong with either one, but drafting six, seven, even eight starting pitchers, you know, unless you're reaching uh, in that 6th, 7th, or 8th one, and you have to draft a, a hitter. It's really it's really the way to go, because look at my offense. I didn't draft until um, round 8, and it was Kristen Yelich. And yeah, it's a good round 8 value, but um, yeah, is it a good round 8 value? Is he a top 50 hitter? No, he's not a top 50. It's not a good round 8 value. It sounds like it is, but he's only got 8 home runs. He does have 13 stolen bases, a lot of runs. Anyway, um, I didn't draft my first hitter until round eight. People always in the uh, message uh, chat room used to uh, say, uh, oh, dude, you know you need offense, right? I I know what I'm doing. And and the theory there is you can always pick up hitters during the season. There are far more pop-up hitters uh, during the season, breakouts, whatever, 
than there are starting pitchers. Uh, that kind of changed a little bit, swayed a little bit more even with starting pitching kind of popping up last year, but um, it, it's always going to be uh, hitters. And there's, there's no pitch count on hitters, on young hitters. There's no uh, innings limit on young hitters. So if there is a pop-up or a breakout, um, if a pitcher is now good enough uh, that the team wants them to pitch 200 innings, well, they haven't done it before. It's a breakout, so they haven't done it before. They've been in the minor leagues, so um, you can't have them pitch 200 innings. They're not, they're not used to it. They're not uh, conditioned for it. Um, so anyway, 29-34, that's great, right? And then you, on your offense, and then you make your money, and I'm in second place, you know, two and a half games, I think, or three games out of um, something like that out of first place in my most competitive $250 league. Why? Because I have Gosman, blah, 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 and they dominate. Um, okay, so then I went a little further, and I said, well, I didn't really draft a closer. I said that about five minutes ago. I didn't really draft a closer. Um, I drafted Brad Hand and uh, somebody else. Um, and you just, listen, if you can get Josh Hader and round six, which you never will, um, do it. Uh, do it. Round six for Josh Hader. But look at Liam Hendricks. He's been dominant for three years, and now he's, he's, he's been injured half the year, basically, right? Or maybe not half the year, but he, he's been injured a, a good amount. And he's not giving you value if you drafted him in the fourth round, uh, which uh, a lot of people have because I saw them do it. Um, so I didn't draft closers, uh, and Brad Hand and some other, uh, you know, backup or whatever. There were a lot of situations where there weren't clear closers. Um, and more and more every year, a, a closer is not even named. And people are going the uh, o uh, Oakland, uh, not the Oakland A's, the um, Tampa Bay Rays uh, way of doing things. So now I have some closers. I have two or three guys, Sir Anthony Dominguez. You know, guys pop up. Um, and anyway, I went back and I said, okay, how am I doing in my closer situation? Well, like uh, in the last five weeks, I mean saves category, because I, I didn't draft for that. So my domination shouldn't be reflected in that. I want to isolate just what starting the category starting pitchers can affect, you know, because remember I'm 42 and 18 in pitching categories. But if you take out a six, five, and three, I think, in saves, and, and that slants more toward uh, now. Uh, more toward the last five weeks because I have uh, more closers than I started out with. But anyway, six and five, you take those numbers out, and my starting pitcher affected categories, four out of ten categories, I'm 36 and 13. 36 and 13. Now, you might be saying, well, yeah, you'd win more categories on off, uh, yeah, on offense if you just spent it, uh, spent your draft picks instead of you know six out of seven. That's not really the case, though. It's not the case. You see, if you give me nine waiver wire hitters that are on the waiver wire right now, on a, on a regular waiver wire, not, you know, someone dropped, you know, somebody super good and no one's picking them up because it's a non-competitive league. You give me nine guys owned under 50% on Yahoo from the waiver wire uh, to fill out my roster, and you go up and I go up against the best team their offense, the best team in the league, I'm, I'm probably not going to lose 0-5. to five. I'm just probably not. There are a lot of at-bats, and you end up 9, 10, let's say 10, 
with uh, how many at-bats? I don't know, 22 at-bats per week. So you end up with 220 uh, plate appearances or at-bats, whatever, for your hitters in a week. That's a good sample. That's a good sample. But pitching, even though it's, it's you know, much fewer games and much fewer innings, it's really not that. You really shouldn't equate at-bats to innings for a pitcher, for instance. You should equate, like, batters faced for at-bats. That's exactly what it is. Why couldn't I think of it? Batters faced. Because the sample size uh, is then even, right? How you do against one batter or how you uh, do against one pitcher doesn't mean jack shit. But you start to get 40, 50, 60 batters, right? Or at-bats, that starts to mean more. Um, and you have your pitchers who uh, have a higher rate of success, right? So uh, there's going to be less variability in your pitcher's performance. Uh, it, nobody would be surprised if you picked a ran random day in Manny Ramirez's career, and he was 0 for 4. You wouldn't bet on it, but superstars go 0 for 4 all, all the time. What's the equivalent for uh, for a uh, a, pit, uh, a great starting pitcher like giving up five runs in four innings? That just doesn't happen with you know uh, Kevin Gosman all that much. Uh, granted, it, it has recently with him, but it doesn't happen with you uh, Darvish that much. First game of the season, sure, and like one or two, like three times a year, it's happened for you Darvish. Corbin Burns, I don't. I think maybe it's happened once. Carlos Rodon, it's happened twice. I think um, one time he gave eight runs up to somebody. So there's less variability in the performance of starting pitchers. The other thing is uh, there's more variability in hitters, and there's a little bit of diminished punishment for how bad your offense can get. Uh, like I said, you probably won't lose zero to five, so you can invest zero capital in your offense, and I'm not saying you should do this, but you can invest, to make a point, you can invest zero capital in your offense, draft all 22, 23 starting pitchers, and then off the waiver wire, you know, just to prove that you're not investing anything, off the waiver wire, do zero, zero dollar bids and, and get your nine or 10 hitters, and you're, you're not gonna be owing, you know, 110, in your offensive categories for the year, you're not going to be 10 in 100. Um, you're going to probably be um, between, you know, 1.5 and 2.5. You may even win 40% of the categories off the waiver wire. Um, you, you may do better than that if you can pick guys off the waiver wire. And, and, and other people don't pay attention to some of these leagues. That's the other thing. You're assuming everyone's trying their best and uh, does, does smart things. Um, so there's there's you can have a mediocre offense that you don't invest very much in, and you can be in the tenth percentile of how good your team, your offense is in the league, right? You can be like the twelfth best out of fourteen teams or something, and. Uh, it's a little bit more than 12th percentile, but and um, and it doesn't mean you're going to win 12% of the categories. Uh, it's just not as consistent uh, as as pitching performances, and it's nine hitters or ten hitters. 
affecting five categories. With pitching, it's like six starting pitchers, five sometimes starting pitchers, deeply, deeply affecting four categories. Um, you get punished less if you have an awful offense versus an average offense than you get rewarded for having a dominant pitching staff versus a regular mediocre pitching staff. In other words, you get punished less for having a worse offense. That means you get rewarded more for having a, a great pitching staff than you get rewarded for having a great offense. And by the way, to have a great uh, pitching, uh, dominant pitching staff uh, that affects, yes, four categories, but you can go out and get saves. So really five, you can go out and get saves anywhere. It only requires you investing, yes, high draft picks, but only six or seven roster spots. Um, I guess if you're if you're going after saves, you know, eight or eight or nine um, roster spots for for all five. Really eight, really eight. Um, so so to deeply and more uh, 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 affect uh, more deeply uh, these five these five uh, categories, um, and you really only need to. That's eight seven or eight roster spots or eight roster spots but high draft pick wise that's really only five uh, I go six for starting pitching the first six uh, you need more than five pitchers but uh, starting pitchers but uh, you only have to uh, draft uh, five in the high rounds uh, your sixth pitcher I, mean, I draft it because I just want to be absolutely sure I draft six in the first seven or eight because I want to be absolutely sure that, you know, in case three of them get injured, all right, well, whatever, that's terrible. But if three of them get injured, you know, I want I want three more instead of two more. It's a big difference. It's you know, 20 to 16% of your staff, that one extra player. Um, okay, so you do some evaluation, and you see where you're at. And uh, hitting-wise, you... Um, you're not so good, let's say. That's fine. At 29, 34, I'm totally fine with that. However, I can still improve. I'm looking at my 29 and 34 team, and uh, I recently had Connor Joe at first base. You know, I was shuffling guys in and out. Um, I, I keep uh, Bellinger and Yelich now only for weeks. I keep them on my bench, and I, and I keep them for weeks when I need uh, stolen bases or runs. Cody Bellinger is a surprising source of runs, um, although he's not hitting against lefties most recently. But he is a surprising source of runs because he hits like seventh or eighth, which is just a couple spots uh, before uh, the top of the order. And they're getting a lot of runs, so it's not like he's getting three at-bats in the seven hole. He's getting fewer at-bats and plate appearances, uh, by the logic of it, than... Um, the rest of the Dodgers hitters, but you know Cody Bellinger batting seventh for the Dodgers. They bat around so many times. Uh, I, you know he almost certainly always gets four at bats, um, and uh, and uh, I'm sure he sometimes gets five. And I would say batting seventh or eighth for the Dodgers this year, you know you could get as many as at bats as uh, you know batting cleanup for the Pirates. Um, I don't know what the numbers look like, uh, but you could easily find that out. Um, 
but you get the idea. He's uh, batting seventh for the Dodgers. Not really a big deal, especially with no D, uh, with the DH now. You're not worried about fewer plate appearances. You are worried about. Um, no, you're not worried about RBI opportunities because everyone in that lineup is an all-star. So if he ever does decide to hit for an average in the second half, he's good. Doesn't matter. Getting off track. Um, so then I start to look at the guys that aren't very good. So I can't really remember. I've got, I've got to go off the top of my head because I can't leave this um, app. It'll stop recording. But um, uh, Tommy Pham, I think I drafted Tommy Pham. He's been good. He's been solid. He's, he looks like a 2020 guy, maybe. Uh, maybe maybe a 25-15 guy. Um, and he's batting 250, I think, and that's fine, and his numbers are okay. It's fine. I'll keep him. Um, he's, he's been better than Yelich. Um, and let's say Connor Joe, who do I have at first base? Kirilov, eh, not a lot of power. Who do I have at first base now? Uh, I think I have Pasquantino. Boom. Just added him. Pasquantino's numbers look really good as far as hard hit data. Uh, very few strikeouts. He's owned in like 16% of leagues. It was crazy. I added him in like <clears throat> five of my six leagues uh, on Yahoo. And um, so, boom, I got a, I got a first baseman, Pasquantino. Uh, that, by the way, is going to uh, hit behind uh, Bobby Witt Jr., Witt Merrifield, and... I don't know, somebody else. It's not the worst lineup in the world anymore. Um, Salvador Perez is gone, but um, it's not the worst lineup to bat fourth in. Uh, I'll say that. Anyway, um, it's bad, but it's not It's not the worst. Uh, Pasquantino, pick him up. All right, so then I got Jonathan India. I'll stick with him at second base, right? My second base is weak. Um, you know, I, I, I look at some things, and I basically say, who's not cutting it? And I've already cut, cut guys, obviously. Um, uh, but, uh, I, and then, uh, you know, you cut bait with some of these guys. Now, do you pick up any old dude, uh, who's, who's the best hitter available at that position? Maybe, maybe, or more, more specifically, if you, if you have the time and now it's the time that you really need to do it. If you're just obsessed, if you want to win, okay, you got to be obsessed with this. Um, if, if you want to make up for your inevitable mistakes, which everyone obviously makes, um, but hopefully you're making fewer than everyone else to begin with, but then you're doing the extra work. The extra work is in a head-to-head -head categories um, uh, 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 daily lineup league. You look and see what the other, um, what your next week's opponent is is uh, what that what they have, what they're bringing to the table, uh, where they can beat you, where they can't beat you, and you try to be as competitive as possible in every category. This seems obvious. Um, I think you would be absurdly surprised to to see how few teams actually do this, and I can tell who does and doesn't do it. Um, because uh, somebody may have, you know, four or five um, uh, starters, uh, starting pitchers, and I have seven or eight usually, and uh, we have the same number of closers, and they're just, they're not picking up any streamers or anything until the end of the week, and they're going to lose in, in, in wins, category, uh, wins, strikeouts, and uh, they're not going to... Uh, beat me 
uh, with uh, uh, in the uh, ratios ERA and WIP um, by having higher quality over quantity because my quantity is quality because I drafted six or seven starting pitchers in the first seven or eight rounds. Um, so my quality and quantity of starting pitching is going to beat them and they don't adjust. So that tells me they're not even paying attention. They're not even trying. They're giving up two categories right away. All right. Because, because they couldn't possibly say, oh yeah, yeah, wins and strikeouts. All right, that's fine. But I'll beat them on quality. They couldn't look at my starting pitching and say that because my starting pitching um, is, is never decidedly the worst starting pitching. And it shouldn't be. It should always decidedly be the best starting pitching. And sometimes it isn't, but that's, that's just the way it goes. Someone picks up uh, or drafts McClanahan or, or uh, Lucas Giolito in the year he broke out and whatever. It happens. But um, So you, you see, if they have six closers, and some people do this, and they, they try to go marmol, uh, if they have six closers... And here's the best part about the starting pitcher, elite starting pitcher strategy. If they have six closers and two starters, let's say, so they just want to get to 20 innings, so they're going to win saves. Let's say you have two or three closers. Um, It's okay if you drop a closer or two, um, unless they're elite closers. But if it's Sir Anthony Dominguez and Brad Hand, who are kind of splitting saves, and then you have... um, uh, Paul Seawald, right? You're not going to win saves. They have six closers. Okay, you have you have one. You have two basically. You have three three people who get saves, but you have one and then a half and a half. So drop your two, Sir Anthony Domingo Dominguez, whatever, and Brad Hand. Keep your Paul Seawald. Uh, you can start him if you want. Uh, he's not going to hurt. He's not going to hurt you. He might get a couple of wins, so start him. But Use you're not going to win. So seed uh, closers. He thinks that he's going to uh, get three out of five um, mm-hmm. in, in uh, uh, pitching categories because his closers will, you know, relievers have better uh, ratios. He'll win ERA and WHIP most weeks, and uh, he's definitely going to win saves. Yeah, he's definitely going to win saves, and you're going to give up on that. You're not going to try to add three closers off the waiver wire who might get a save or handcuff or whatever. But uh, you are going to drop those two because you don't need them that week. And you can pick them up next week or someone like that. Things change. And you're going to give him closers. And your starting pitching, here's the best part about the starting pitching. Your starting pitching is so good that you're, even with seven or eight um, starting pitchers going, you're definitely going to be able to compete with the ERA and whip of, of six closers. There are not six closers that have a good shot on a weekly basis of having a sub one whip. You know, maybe that's not true, but, uh, um, but, but, and, and that guy, your opponent would have to have the six best closers for you to really worry about your Zach Wheeler, you Darvish, Corbin Burns, Julio Urias, and, uh, throwing a mediocre ace, Kyle Wright, top 40 pitcher for those guys to you, you for you to be, appropriately worried about those guys um, not winning ERA and whip or not competing ERA and whip with his six closers and he's not going to have the six best closers it ain't going to happen and if he does congratulations to him and and now you know the rest of the league has weak closers so it's actually a good thing if power is concentrated in one team um, 
And 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 so so you're going to be able to compete in four categories. He's going to be able to compete in three, uh, and then after you have enough starting pitching and you got a, a two ERA halfway through the week and a 1.0 WHIP, um, you know if you if you have that. Obviously, that's not going to be likely. But if you have that early on and you have three wins, yeah, you can start to pick your spots. You know he's not going to be able to. Um, add streamers that are going to get as many strikeouts and uh, probably not as many wins as the rest of your starting pitchers the rest of the way. Um, he could have more starts if he wanted, if he got all six of his ads, starting pitchers, streamers, but they're going to be shitty and he's going to lose quality. <laughs> and then, by the way, it's a daily lineup league, so you don't, if he does that, you can decide to start your starting pitching and you play that little cat and mouse game and see what he's doing. <clears throat> see how many ads he has, etc. Um, and then you can start your pitcher if it makes sense. Don't, if it doesn't make sense, if you have four wins on a Thursday, he has zero wins, you're 30 strikeouts above him and you're dominating whip and ERA, shut down all your pitchers and let him win uh, closers. Uh, the uh, saves and let him win saves. Boom, four to one. All right, you're not winning five to nothing anyway, even with your, your great... Uh, Staff to, to try to win five to nothing is greedy. You don't want to risk it. Four to one, you'll take any day of the week, even if you committed uh, your first ten draft picks to pitching. You'll take four to one and and uh, not go for more. So, um, so that's what you do. And 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 the same with um, stolen bases, uh, uh, or you know. Yeah, stolen bases and saves are the categories that you can have a, a really good team but still be kind of deficient because you usually have to pay a big price for them. Not as much saves, but stolen bases um, because uh, stolen bases uh, usually come with <clears throat> somewhat, usually more empty batting average um, unless you're paying through the nose for Tatis or Jose Ramirez. So, you know, you line up. If, if they have, if they, you know, if he has Tatis who's healthy, Jose Ramirez and Trey Turner, well, and you have Kristen Yelich and Bellinger as your two stolen base guys. Just, just you're not starting Bellinger and Kristen Yelich. You're not going to sacrifice any of your starting nine or ten roster spots. Uh, you're not going to uh, sacrifice any of their power or RBI for in favor of stolen bases. Why? Because you're not going to win stolen bases. Um, you know, probably. But you're going to give up stolen bases. And you're going to put Bellinger on your bench and Christian Yelich on your bench. And you're going to start a guy with just pretty good power. A 30 home run guy, Josh Naylor. Uh, doesn't get a lot of runs, but whatever. Maybe someone better than Josh. Josh Naylor. Um, you're gonna, Jesse Winker. Will never steal another base in his life, probably. But he's starting to hit, and even at uh, Safeco or whatever it's called, he's probably a 25 home run guy in the middle of a now good hitting lineup. He'll get some good stats. Definitely starting Jesse Winker over uh, Bellinger uh, or Yelich, who are not providing you much power at all, because you want to be able to compete with power now, and you got to go after runs, power, RBI, and um, an average to some extent. Although, don't go chasing waterfalls, meaning batting average in a weekly league. Um, a, a weekly head-to-head, but daily lineup league. And uh, and there you go. If you find yourself that you're uh, you're ahead of him <clears throat> in um, the three categories, 
the totals, excuse me, <clears throat> in hitting and uh, as the week goes on and, and you're actually f- tied uh, uh, or you're ahead 4-3 in stolen bases, I would say if you're ahead on Thursday, okay, put in your, your weakest power guy. I mean, replace your weakest power guy with Christian Yelich and your weakest power guy with uh, Cody Bellinger and uh, see if you can keep that lead in stolen bases. It's tough, but the point is you get the idea. Um, assess the situation, create a roster that week for uh, that opponent um, and, and uh, try to compete in as many categories as possible. Try to give yourself a clear edge in as many categories as possible. Um, you don't want to do uh, overspend to win one category, but uh, you want to be in a situation that I just described uh, on the other side of giving up. Uh, okay, don't even go after saves. Don't even go after stolen bases because you're going to lose. You want to be on the other side. You know you're going to win one category. You don't want to draft six closers to do that. Um, you just don't. Uh, you don't want to um, pay out the nose for... Uh, you know, Whit Merrifield just because he can steal 30 bases if he's only going to be a 10 home run guy. Um, but, uh, but you want to try to give yourself a clear edge in as many categories as possible and, uh, and uh, give up in the ones where you, the other guy has a clear edge. And that's that. And, and really dig into the waiver wire and construct your team. Use all of your ads this week. Um, so that you can't make any adjustments in week in in the middle of the week. That's fine. Use all of your ads um, this week to readjust your roster um, to correct mistakes. Sometimes I find I really want to get my second and third baseman better. Um, all of a sudden, for me, there's just a weakness at second base. It gets a mediocre guys. You know, Brendan Rodgers, Eduardo Escobar, but nobody above average in fantasy. And, um, and I just couldn't do it because I only have six ads for that week. And in Yahoo, week to week, head to head, it's six ads. And I, I needed to use them for other categories. Well, here, and I, sometimes I just pick a week and I say, okay, well, I'm not going to win. And, um, you know, this guy actually has six, seven decent starting pitchers. I might not win. I'm not going to guarantee that I win and wins and uh, strikeouts. But in the long run, I, I spotted some guys on the waiver wire and they're going to give me significant upgrades at second and third base uh, for weeks to come. Um, so y- you do what you got to do, but you got to self-evaluate, self-evaluate for the next week's opponent, next week's opponent, and um, and uh, and commit your resources. You should always always use all six of your ads um, that week. Every week. Every week you should do that. Why? Because if you're tied in stolen bases and you have used five of your six ads and um, let's see, off the top of my head it's tough to... You're tied for stolen bases and you're stashing uh, Jared Kelnick. Okay? No, that's not a good one. You're stashing um, Nick Prado. 
okay, you like him, or who's a little bit better than Nick Prada, but you're stashing Nick Prada uh, for a call-up. And um, C.J. Abrams is on the waiver wire because he's not playing every day anymore. He's batting ninth. He's not hitting well at all. But you know he's a potential threat to run. Nick Prado is not a threat to run in the major leagues, probably. He's definitely not for a one. And you, your last two games, you're tied, you know, stolen base, but you're way up on everything else. And But you like Nick Prado better than C.J. Abrams. C.J. Abrams, not, he's not doing well. Pick up, drop Nick Prado, pick up C.J. Abrams, and play him uh, in the last two games if if he's playing in that game to try to get an edge in stolen bases. That one category, going even from a tie to a win, is far more important uh, than keeping your preferred prospect. You don't have 23 players on your roster that are undroppable. And if you do, you're not listening to podcasts because you've, you've perfected the game. Um, so that's that. Recommended moves expressed in Fantasy Baseball Disrupted are not recommended. Implementing these moves may result in Fantasy Baseball failure. No content of Fantasy Baseball value has been expressed in the FBD preceding podcast. Is that it? That's the whole show. Pitiful.